Inter leading the league. Serie tickets are on the rise, but is it really because of Ronaldo? Fiorentina are looking legit. Scumbag agents. The, the debut of Serie Surprise. We have our debut of Calcio Anonymous. We've got a lot of debuts and bitches. We back. Stereo Serie Oh, lovely touch again. Cristiano Ronaldo puts Juve back in front. Big occasion, big player. Ronaldo does the rest. And we promised you, we promised you, we had been working hard. I am your host, Marco Cubani D'Onofrio, by the way. Thank you for tuning in. And like I said, we promised you we'd been working hard. We'd released our documentary. Um, Now you know exactly what we've been up to. If you haven't listened to it, please go and do so. The Cristiano Ronaldo story. I got the full crew with me. Excited because... We're doing our monthly show. This is the second monthly show of the year, and we've got a lot to catch up on. First, Daniel Donato Grassi. Some people talk about changing Serie Some people are just doing it, boys. That's all I'm going to say. Anthony Sports Caddy Lapopolo. I love the mic drop just as we start this thing. That's he's awesome. He's not playing around, man. No, he's not. He's been championing us from the beginning. Like, Grassi's our biggest cheerleader, and I love it. Marco, the intern, Principe. What's going on, everybody? Happy to be here. Happy to have you guys back. Get to uh, be right beside my boy, uh, Emil Delich. Emil, better known as Bozy Boz. Boz, Boz, what's up, buddy? It's good to be here. It's good to be back. I know it's it's, Chicago. I was in St. John, New Brunswick. Oh, sorry. New Brunswick or Chicago? What's the cooler city? For the amount of love I received, St. John, New Brunswick. Yep. For the food, Chicago. Deep dish pizza? Uh, no, actually, some veal. Very good oh. veal. Had a shirt plate, <laughs> ate it myself. <laughs> Producer Gizmo. Gangsters. What's up, guys? Swear to God, man. Boz mentioned it before the show, but it's true. It's like every time I see you, it's like you get younger, but older. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense, but... How you doing, man? Bro, I don't ever make sense, but yeah, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good right now. Happy to be back. And we are happy to be back as a team and as a whole. And thank you for tuning in. And again, I just want to say thank you for all the love that you gave us during that whole when we released the docuseries because um, we really were overwhelmed with the reception of it all. And trust me, we've got some more good things coming. So stay tuned and uh, make sure you're subscribed to us. But let's get going on something that we like to call are 11 and we're going to go through 11 relevant topics in 11 minutes some quick paced fast fired talk so make sure um and you get at us get at us at stereo city uh 
let us know what you think. Let us know what your thoughts on are because some pretty funny topics and we, we worked really, really hard to dig them up. And uh, do we have a timer ready? Guys, guys ready to go? Because we're not playing around here. Let's do this. Number one, Kits Retro. We got some pretty nice ones. Roma, enter. What are you guys thinking? Roma's the nicest kid I've ever seen in my life. Like the nicest. The Roma third one? Yeah. Are you going with the Roma third one or the Inter third one? I'm going to go with the Inter third one, and it pains me to say it, but the black and yellow combo, my God. Like, and smart up, okay? Smart up. I, I can't help it. <laughs> uh, let's keep the ball rolling. Gizmo, do you have anything else to add? No. no? Okay, let's keep the ball rolling with Chiellini's injury because that dramatically changed the season. I know it's early on, but say what you will. It's had a serious impact. It's had an impact already. Are Juve going to be able to fully recover from this? No, we don't have a leader like Chiellini, uh, bringing back, you know, Buffon was amazing, but obviously he doesn't play week in, week out. Uh, Delete is still trying to learn the language, learn the system, so I think that's something that he's not going to be able to fill Chiellini's shoes right away. The silver lining is that, I mean, I, I would imagine Juve are going to make the round of 16 of the Champions League. He's slated to come back for the second leg of that, so he's not out of the whole out for the whole season, right? He, he he might come back just when they need him. But can they rely on him to get it done if he's coming back from injury and to be the player he is right off the bat? And I think this kickstarts uh, Dilit's Juve career as before uh, Bonucci and Chiellini were the starting uh, two center backs. This kind of forces Dilit, uh, kind of throws him to the wolves almost. Could be a blessing in disguise. Exactly. In Being thrown to the wolves, Ferraro in... Genoa, I mean, Sampdoria fans are just going nuts. They're meeting him at restaurants. They're threatening his life. Does he finally need to just sell this team because we know Viali wants to take it over? Ferro's a clown. We got rid of one <laughs> clown in Palermo. Now we have another one. I think it's time to sell your shares. I mean, we love to make, uh, not fun, but I mean, these guys are quote-unquote personalities, but they actually do a lot of damage to the league. And... If Viali's serious with this ownership group to come in, I mean, he's a legend, uh, Sampdoria legend, so, well, Juve legend too, but that would be fantastic for this club who I think will be facing relegation for most of the season. I like seeing his antics in the stands after Sampdoria scored, so, yeah, I'm going to miss him. Speaking of legends, there's no bigger legend than the 12-foot man himself, Peter Crouch. Who knew he was a Sampdoria fan? Boom, Sampdoria. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, I had this kit. And I had the white one. I had the white one as well. Now, this I, one, white one, yeah? This yeah. is match-worn David Platt. Is it really? It's match-worn, I'm telling you. <laughs> Where are you getting these from? Hey. Seriously? Yeah, it's just match-worn David Platt number nine. Awesome, isn't it? Did you have this one? Uh, yeah, I did have it. Yeah, I mean, I had both. I had both. Gianluca Vialli was my man. So, yeah. uh... As soon as I saw, like, I think Gazza sort of got me into it when he, he went to the Lazio and, uh... Paul Lintz, obviously, over there. I mean, look at that. That's, that's awesome, that yeah. But Sampdoria of my team, it was Viali, the Mancinis, uh, Lombardo, Viekovod. Um, and you went, you went to see them at Wembley, right? Uh, yeah, Sampdoria, that's why I went. So, 92, that's the game. Yeah, that is the game. Koeman scored a free kick. Mm. Uh, 92, yeah. Um, Sampdoria wearing this kit. Yeah, that's right. You're such a big fan of Sampdoria. How yep. were you exposed to these shirts just growing up in, um, in Italian Do you know what I used to love? It was obviously when the, when the English players started going out there. Uh, I think it was David Platt first, went to Bari. Um, and then I, I, he ended up watching, you know, Channel 4, the, uh, the Gazetta Football Italia. And you see James Richardson sitting there with his little pink paper and, and a tiny little mug of, like, 
But at that time, I was like, it's tea or coffee. Like, what is he drinking? You know, I was like, I was so obsessed with the whole culture. I had a swimming pool behind him. Um, the weather was better. And I was just like, this is a mad thing. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm just being exposed to now. And um, I just fell in love with it. And, and ever since then, I just followed, I followed Italian football. Peter Crouch once said, if I wasn't a soccer player, I'd be a virgin. That just goes to show how cool he really is. He's probably packing a serious fucking... I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> what? It's kind of random that he's a Sampdoria <laughs> fan, but it's pretty cool at the same time. Listen, all I'm saying is I don't know any 12-feet virgins. That's putting that out there. Do you know anybody who's 12-feet, though? That's another question. <laughs> the, the best thing about that video with uh, classic football shirts... He did not only like talk about the kit, like he knew the team inside out, and it was as if he watched the team week in and week out. He did mention which the is Football awesome. Italia program that used to air on the That's UK, right. and I know a lot of people to this day who praise that for being the reason that they are a Serie A fan. Yeah, and he spoke UK. about how all the English players who went to go play in Serie A really had an effect on him. David Platt going to Bari, for example, he mentioned him, so that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. And we're going to keep it going with legends because this man himself, Alessandro Matti. I mean, what else can you say about this guy? This guy's still kicking it. How many teams does he play for? 14? 15? Him or DeVaio? Nine. Who's played for more teams? Probably DeVaio. DeVaio. Well, DeVaio has got to be a record, I think. That's Nine teams for, for Alessandro a lot of teams Matri. Too. Yeah, he's That's nine teams and counting, because I don't think Brescia is his last no, stop. No, either do I. This season. <laughs> and you guys still get scared when you see him come off the bench? Because I yeah, know I against do. Napoli, I was convinced he was going to score. He came off the bench... Uh, against Udinese and he successfully held the ball in the corner for the remaining like seven minutes and just kept winning corner kick after throwing and he he ran down basically the final seven minutes and helped Brescia get that 1-0 win. And there goes the final whistle. Newly promoted Brescia still all three points. Um, Mihalovic. I mean, what else can we say besides him being a true inspiration? What a man. What a man. And I love seeing all the Bologna players actually go to the hospital where he's uh, where he was staying at and uh, and just surprise him at his window and it was a great scene if you guys can watch the video uh, I really encourage it it's awesome stuff yeah I mean what else can you say the, the team clearly is motivated by this man and you know what? Um, he's fighting the good fight and nothing but respect. Premier League signings, because we saw an influx of talent come over from England this summer. Who has impressed us the most thus far? Is it Alexi Sanchez? I mean, do we believe he dived? Was was he swimming there or was he legitimately fouled and just kind of unfortunate? He was not touched. <laughs> he threw his leg out. He's a cheater. Fair enough. I'm pretty impressed by Lukaku so far and he's not really scored a, a ton of goals but uh, I think he's exactly the striker that, that Conte needed for the center side he can hold up the ball really well and I think he's just perfect for a system as a Juve fan I'm really liking Ramsey it's looking good so far and uh, I also got to give a shout out to uh, Mkhitaryan who also looks uh, pretty stellar for Roma right now I thought you were going to mention Chris Smalling I was waiting for you. That's the your worst, boy. Arguably the worst defender uh, in planet Earth. I, I, I will say this about Ramsey, though. He's made or he's changed the way Sarri's lining this team up, right? They're going with that 4-3-1-2, almost like we saw back in his Empoli days. And he changed that at Napoli, and he went to the 4-3-3, and that was his thing at Chelsea. And Ramsey's making him rethink some stuff. So that's that's pretty cool there. 
And shout out to Chucky Lozano. That's right. Chucky becomes the first Mexican player to score in the top flight, which insane to me. I never thought that I, I was re- I didn't think I was reading that right. I didn't realize he was the first Mexican to score and said, yeah. Lozano wanting it played. There he is. 3-2. Oh, it's on. The comeback is on. Don't move a muscle. Shout out to him getting the job done with Napoli um, along with what he brings on the pitch. He brings a real marketing value to them off the pitch. And you can't tell me that's not a big reason why they brought him because they want to get marketed in the United States. Maybe why Napoli Liverpool was on national TV. Yeah, I mean, it's about time too that Napoli take their their image seriously above, uh, above and beyond Italy. Uh, and I think, you know, more clubs like Fiorentina are following that lead as well true story and he scored on his debut and everywhere he's gone which is also insane with the nice. Mexican national team the under 21 uh, when he was over in Holland Napoli it's just everywhere he goes which is crazy we gotta keep it going and we're pretty on track here Mario Balotelli is back he came back against Juventus and then he scored his first goal against Napoli Tonali once again from the corner flag good delivery Balotelli great head up from the striker and Brescia are back in it. They have a goal back. Free header for Mario Balotelli, his first goal on his return to Italian football. What do we think, Super Mario? We loving it? Guy never stops complaining like a bitch. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, he, here's the thing about Balotelli. He loves making good impressions. Uh, when he came to Milan, he scored 12 goals in 13 games. When he went to City, I think, um, he had a pretty good start as well at Nice as well so uh, he makes good impressions but it always flames out at the end so we'll see but, what will happen here but I will say this and in turn you can comment he was frustrated after that game Juve knew what to do though they were going after him all game I get his frustration but they knew his weakness and they took advantage and I think teams will unless he gets mentally tougher and hopefully he does because uh, Euro 2020 is around the corner I hope he's there Absolutely not. <laughs> the national team. They're rolling right now. I mean, yeah, without Balotelli. Without Balotelli. Let's keep um, it that way. Yeah, well, I mean, what does he need to do to get back into this national team? What does this national team need? Do I mean, need if there is one position that's up for grabs right now, it is yep. a striker position. It's been that way for years. And I think he does have a chance to make that, that Euro 2020 squad. But Mancini said that he has to score 25 goals in Serie A and he has to show exemplary behavior. Uh, I don't know if he can do all that. We'll see. It, it's it's basically up to him. But I will say this too. You can tell he's trying so hard to score some crazy cracker. Like just shooting from all kinds of different ranges. And Alfredo Donnarumma. Maybe he'll make the national team. instead. Hey. just took you from me. Come on, man. <laughs> and that has been 11 topics in 11 minutes. We're going to take a short little break. We're going to let our resident DJ Gizmo... Take us away. Stuck in the shade where there's no sunshine. I don't want to play with the mother kids in the sun.
yeah, we're back. That one comes from uh, one of my favorite bands of all time from Brooklyn. That's uh, TV on the radio. Shout out. And that's Happy Idiot because in the beginning of the song, it talks about how you lose something that you love. And that's Sadia, but we've been back with it for a month now. And that's what I am. I'm a happy idiot every weekend because I turn on my TV and sometimes I get to see some of the best football in the entire world being played. And also, shout out to uh, producer Bozy because him and I did go to the TV on the radio concert. Was it like 20, probably like 2015 when they just came out with their new album? So yeah, that's our uh, little musical deep dive. So yeah, shout out. And shout out to Enter, who have been absolutely, I don't want to say dominating said yeah, because I don't know if that's the right word, but they've looked really, really impressive thus far to kick off the campaign. And you know what? The dream team of Antonio Conte and Beppe Marotta, who seem to be doing at Inter what they did at Juventus. And this team has really, really turned around both on the pitch as well as off of the pitch. Because culturally, the drama surrounding this team, the soap opera, the antics, gone. Yeah, and that's the word that I that I wrote down in my notes, culture. I think Conte's come in here and, and single-handedly changed the entire team's mentality and... That was missing uh, under Spalletti. Spalletti took them as far as he could, and he kind of set them up for a title run. He couldn't exactly lead them to a title, but here's a manager who can do that. And he has all those intangibles, Conte. He, he brings that to the table. But now we're also witnessing the tactical side too. Um, the switch to the back three. Skriniar had some trouble to begin with, but he's starting to settle in. And the arrival of Godin... Uh, he's been immense. He's been immense for this team. And even just just, just all the signings seem to be working so far anyway. Uh, it, it's just a well-oiled machine right now. And Gross, that's what I want to get your thoughts on because Anthony mentioned what Antonio Conte is doing on the pitch and tactically and what he's brought there. But then you're right, off the pitch, uh, you look at the, the signings Marotta's made and he's transformed this team, right? He, he was able to find a way to get rid of Ningal and, and Icardi and Perisic and the guys that Conte didn't really want. And now all of a sudden, the guys he's brought in are looking fantastic, whether it's Sensi, whether it's Borella, whether it's Lukaku. I mean, Alexi Sanchez, we haven't seen a whole lot of him, but that deal's looking like an absolute steal, right? I mean, how much credit does this man deserve? Conte's the type of guy where... If you need somebody to steady the ship and to bring you from point A to point B, I think he's perfect. Like what Juve couldn't have done what they did in the first three years with any of the other managers that we've had during this run. He can kickstart a cycle. He can get rid of the dead weight on your team. Um, He can bring in the players that he needs for his systems. However, we saw that the 3-5-2 is very, very limited. We saw that in England. We saw that with Juve. It can only take you so far. And he'll play players out of position just to stick with that formation. He's not very flexible with that, right? And that's why I think he hasn't had that much success in Europe because he gets found. But I think that's okay for Inter right now. For right, I think right now it's for okay. For right now, I mean, if they can legitimately challenge Juve for the title and if they're in the conversation week 35, 36... I think he'll have done his job, at least to start with. I think the talk around Europe irritates Conte because you can see it, like when they were questioning him about it after the first or before the first Champions League game and they were suggesting he was a league coach, you could tell he was getting frustrated with it. But at the same time, I think him and Morota, there's nothing more 
that they want right now than to end Juventus's reign. Because if they can say they were the ones that started it and they were the ones that ended it, for them and their pride and the way they left Juventus, I think that would be more important for them personally than anything else, especially this season. Because you're right, I think there will be pressure on them going forward to succeed in Europe. But this year, I, I think it's about ending that Juventus dominance. I think there's a lot of hatred or bitterness between both parties. I don't necessarily think that Juve wanted Marotta to leave, but I also don't think that Juve would have, we wouldn't be in the spot that we're in now if we would have kept Marotta because Juve was often criticized for not going for broke, not going for that big player like Ronaldo or somebody of that status and always playing it safe and always building for the future. But when we Marotta left, you saw Caldara getting swapped for Bonucci again. That probably would never have happened with Marotta. We would have kept a younger player, always building for the future, but never having enough for the present. But then what about Jao Cancelo? Like, see what I'm saying? I think Marotta leaving at first was probably, you're right, Juventus were able to spend more. But then I think at this summer we saw the limitations of that because of yeah. invested big money in Delit, had to sacrifice Cancelo, right? Like there was pluses and minuses with that. And we're going to see what this team does going forward, but it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. But let's keep it going because a topic that needs to be addressed and a topic that needs to be discussed is the Serie A ticket sales. Because whether it's season tickets, whether it's individual game tickets, attendances are on the rise. Uh, we're seeing more people in stadiums, in Serie A stadiums, than we've seen in decades. Just a quick stat. Last year, saw an average of 25,068 people attend Serie A matches, which was the highest figure in a decade. That is expected to easily increase this year. And a big reason is the team we were just talking about, Inter. They've sold 40,000 season tickets this year, and we saw the Derby. We saw how many people are showing up week in, week out. There's a lot of buzz around this team. And you know what? Even Lecce. You know, they might not be a, a Serie A powerhouse, but even them, they've got 18,000 season tickets sold. So some really, really cool numbers going on there. I mean, we can expect, you know, the likes of Inter and Juve to sell tickets, but uh, I'm really impressed by what some of these smaller clubs are doing. Coyote, you know, for all of the, you know, horrendous headlines that they've made uh, over the past few weeks, they pull in almost 100% attendance, even Spall uh, and Udinese and um, Fiorentina. It's, Fiorentina. It's no coincidence that, a lot of these stadiums are either refurbished or brand new. So that has obviously helped the viewing experience in Italy. And then, you know, you look at other uh, other stadiums that are more decrepit, like Lazio and Roma. They don't draw as many people because, it's frankly, the Saudi Olimpico is not a, a, a fan-friendly stadium. And those numbers won't go up until they move into a new stadium. So, But I'm, I'm more surprised that a lot of these racist incidents that we've seen in Italy hasn't hampered these numbers and uh, even with the ultras, the situation with them, um, how that hasn't really, I guess, affected the way families go to games. Ronaldo's obviously had a huge impact uh, on these, especially at, at Juve's away games. So, But it's a great trend. It's a great trend for Serie A, and it will only improve uh, when, when the stadiums improve. Obviously, this is amazing, but we need to, our bigger clubs need to improve their stadiums. We saw a little bit of drama happened around the Sao Paulo, right? I think uh, Ancelotti spoke up for the club and <clears throat> defending you know, his players and things, saying that they needed better resources, better facilities in order to compete. And 
it's a shame because we have teams like Roman Lazio still playing at the Olimpico that has that disgusting track around yeah, the it. Track. And if anybody's gone to that stadium, it's an awful experience. You can't see in certain sections, which is why they're empty because they all move into the middle. And if you go to the San Siro, it's obviously a beautiful and historic stadium and it's a little bit different the design, but it's still outdated. Yeah. It needs a, fa- a major facelift and well, obviously the San Paulo, right? Like a lot of fans complain about the fact that they're so far away from the pitch. So I think we have a lot of work to do, but we're all obviously improving and that also comes with, you know, the players that we've been able to attract and I guess the Ronaldo effect in some ways. You mentioned the San Siro and uh, I would say, I would go beyond that and say they have to move into a new stadium entirely. Mm-hmm. We saw those two projects, those two designs that they unveiled uh, recently in conjunction with Inter. I think it's really smart that they're uh, tackling this as two clubs. I mean, they've shared the stadium for how many decades? Well, Anth, when, when do they become one club? No. 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 <laughs> Nightmares? This is, this, is, this is a smart financial decision. And if they can go ahead and build a new stadium by maybe 2022, 2023, that will set them up for decades to come. And as much as I love the San Siro, as much as it's a architectural sweetheart in Italy, uh, it's just too... It's too damn old to renew uh, and, and to renovate, and they have to start fresh where they can do modern things and create a modern concession area and, and a shopping mall and things that don't necessarily have to revolve around the game. You can go there uh, on any given weekday. Uh, and so those are only things that can happen when you have a brand-new stadium. Gizmo. Yeah, getting tickets to an intermatch, very, very easy. All it was, go online, make an account on their website, and then right away... Once the tickets are on sale, you get a hold of them. So it's it honestly was a very, very simple, easy process. I don't really like to shout out Inter too much, but shout out Inter, man, because they're making it easy for people to buy tickets, see their games from out of country. And shout out to Fiorentina because they've been a whole lot of fun to watch early on in the campaign, whether it's Frank Ribery, whether it's Chiesa, whether it's Boateng, whatever the case may be, Castro Viali, like they're They've just got some real talent on this squad right now and they're really really fun to watch yeah the standings kind of uh they don't really tell a full story about Fiorentina they deserve to be higher up and obviously that win against Milan really showed how how entertaining that this team can be uh Ribery even at 36 years old uh can dribble like the best of them and that's the kind of signing that can energize a fan base and it clearly has at, at Fiorentina what I'm most impressed about is uh, Rocco Camiso's effect uh, on not only this this team, but the city. Um, he came in and he doesn't make any promises. This is what he said himself, but it's true because he doesn't make any promises that he can't keep. And one of the first promises he made was that I'm not going to sell Chiesa. And he didn't, uh, at least for this season. And, and that's what he told the fans. He, he backed that up. And now Chiesa is playing uh, some fantastic football for Fiorentina, really instrumental player for this team. And that's that's what they needed. They needed an owner with some spine, and they have one now. And, and what's really cool, and I'm going to shuttle Ribery again here, because 
he didn't just come for a payday. And you know what? Like, you've seen what he's doing on the pitch. And, and yeah, he put on a clinic against Juventus, backtracking, you know, playing defensively against Ronaldo, whatever the case is. And it's easy to do that in the big games. But he's also doing that in the smaller games, the teams against the quote-unquote lesser opponents. And you're seeing his work ethic. And that's really crucial. And I think that's a huge example for guys like Chiesa, for those youngsters on the team, because they're really learning from a guy and a veteran who's won everything. And I think that's really, really cool and really nice to see in this league. They had an excellent summer mercato. Caceres, Ribery, Boateng all came on free transfers. And they kept Keza. Camiso made a promise and he kept his word. You often don't see that, as you alluded to. I was almost 100% certain that he was coming to Juve. He still may come to Juve at some point. I know he spoke about it in the past. But the fact that he's still there for another year and the fact that you know the players that they brought in and they have Montella coaching who I think is perfect for this team. They have a legitimate shot at making the fourth place in the last Champions League spot. I think if they don't make a European spot, I think the season is a failure because of the talent that they have, the experience that they have. There's just a buzz around the city again, right? And they deserve it, especially after everything they've been through. Yeah. So yeah. Now, nobody likes agents. And I want to talk about the cap that might be put on some of these scumbags. Yeah, I'm going there. Scumbags. Yeah, so a FIFA committee of stakeholders uh, basically recommended um, for a cap on agents' fees. And we've seen how many millions of euros come out of the game based on uh, all these transfers where agents are working not only for the selling club, but the buying club. We saw it with Mino Raiola when he made some 40 million euros, I think it was, off the Pogba deal. Piece of shit. Yeah, because he basically made money. He made money off Juve. He made money off Pogba. And he made money off United. And now with these new rules that may come into play, you can only represent one party, which seems like common sense. But in the world of FIFA, it hasn't been. It's a, It's been a largely unregulated industry. And finally, they're talking about uh, capping the fees. So if you're working for, I think, a selling club, uh, it's at 10%. Buying club at three percent, and players are at three as well as buying clubs. Okay, yeah. So we'll see what happens. And there's also talk about a limit on loans, and that might drastically change the whole transfer system as well. It will, and this is another one that's long overdue. Uh, you know, you look at the immediate impact of this. Well, a club like Juve has almost thirty players out on loan, and suddenly they have to trim that down to eight, at least for the first season that it would be put into effect. So uh, they have to be more conscious of the players that they're signing. And this is a team that, you know, credit to them, they've done what they can using the the resources available to them. And within the rule book, um, they've uh, increased the value of players who, let's be honest, have no hope of playing for this team. You look at what they sold Aldero for, um, the Sampdoria goalkeeper, for 20 million euros. He played once for Juve. Uh, that's unbelievable, and that's an instant profit. He's a homegrown player. They've done this better than I think any other team in Europe has, and now suddenly you're you're faced with a rule that kind of limits that, which I think you know may help youth players uh, grow a little bit more. Maybe they're not used as assets as much. It'll still happen, but not as much, and uh, I think that's good for the game. It'll help their career especially in, in, in the early parts. And it might also help the local clubs keep their own talent, which I think is important as well for them. Let's get into what I'm going to call our most interactive session. 
hashtag SETI ass surprise because we want you involved on social media as well. We've all got SETI ass surprises. We're going to get to them. They could be anything. They could be about anyone, any club, any team. That's what makes it a surprise. Let us know. Hashtag SETI ass surprise at Stereo SETI Surprise Gizmo. Your first, buddy. All right. Uh, throwing it to me, my favorite Serie surprise this month, turning on TLN on the weekend and seeing my boy Marco Kubari <laughs> D'Onofrio <laughs> doing a halftime interview with our uh, halftime show on TLN. Shout out yeah, to you, but, big but, guy. But my Napoli Scudetto in Milan to finish top four pricks. And they, they show it right after like Napoli oh, loses, and I'm just like, oh, that's, that's not looking good right now. But it's still early on, and I'm still going with both of them. Surprise, Grassi. I'm surprised at Donnarumma and not the one who plays for Milan, the one who plays for Brescia. Alfredo. He's been fantastic. I think he has four goals this season. I think he has a chance to join two World Cup winners as being the only players to win the Serie B scoring title and then the Serie A scoring title in back-to-back seasons. Wow. That would be something. Does anybody know who those two, two players are? Del Piero. That's one. There was three, but he won it a year, two years after. Also a World Cup winner. So three of them are World Cup winners that I can think of off the top of my head. Is it Inzaghi? Luca no. Toni. Luca Toni is one of them, but he didn't uh, win it back to back. Oh. So we got Del Piero. We got Luca Toni. Cross mm-hmm. tells. Come on, Paolo Rossi. Paolo oh, Rossi, yeah. our boy. Shout out Paolo Rossi. Surprise, Bozzi. I'll do the, uh, the Beckham Law. Trying to attract more superstars to Italy, government getting involved. That's oh. my Serie A surprise. I think it's a good initiative by the government to act. Um, and I think it's a good way for Italy to attract more superstars, hence why more guys are coming. And it seems like this is the first year that the league's actually become attractive. But now with this being implemented uh, later in the future, I think it's going to be good for the league. Surprise, Kubani. And I'm going with Ancelotti's surprise, Di Lorenzo. And he mentioned him yesterday because he, he's come in and he's fit into the Napoli system beautifully, whether he needs to play in the center, as a center back, as on the wing, whatever the case may be. How he wasn't called up for the last national team call-up is still beyond me because it's a position uh, that, you know, a fullback is a position that the Italian team is probably weakest at or one of them, um, and I think he will get a sniff there. So there. Surprise, low pop. I got to go with probably one of the shortest players in Serie A, Stefano Sensi. Oh, I've, I've been really impressed, as basically all of us have, uh, that uh, about what this guy's done, um, not only for Inter but for the Italian national team, hmm. that midfield core looked really solid. Uh, looked like Barella, Jorginho, these guys were going to carry the team, but now since he's put himself into that conversation and that low center of gravity, he's fantastic with the with the ball at his feet, and it feels like you can never get the ball off of him. When Sensi's scoring wonder headers, it's just another level. Yeah. Um, <laughs> surprise. Intern, not so surprised. Intern, <laughs> hashtag city as surprise. Gonna keep the uh, Napoli theme. Uh, boss man transfer, Fernando Llorente, looking like that uh, number nine uh, that Napoli uh, Need finally it. needs. Uh, scored a goal against Liverpool in the Champions League. Uh, got another two against uh, Lecce. You know what? I, I think uh, he's gonna pot some big goals for Napoli. Proven players, clutch. Uh, I'm excited for him. Hashtag uh, city as surprise. And I think it was a mistake not playing him. Or Milik with Mertens or Insignia, or sorry, Lozano against Cali. That's a big reason why I think Napoli didn't score. He, Ancelotti's gone small, small, big, big, and then finally against Parasha, he went small, big. We're going to take a short, little, tiny break because on the flip side of it, the inaugural edition 
of Calcio Anonymous. Oh, here comes trouble. Put your helmet on. We'll be heading for a fall. Yeah, the whole thing's gonna blow. And the devil's got my number. It's long overdue. He'll come looking soon. Yeah, the whole thing's gonna blow. Thank you for coming. Take your seats, please. Thank you. Welcome to uh, our first meeting here for Calcio Anonymous. My name's Adam. I'm going to be uh, taking control of the sessions here and uh, helping you guys get out what you need to get out, uh, what you're feeling inside, and the crippling addiction that is uh, the SETI app. So thank you guys for coming. We have a new member joining us today. Uh, so I think he's going to be here with us for probably the next uh, about 30 or so match days. So new face. Let's all welcome him with uh, warmth and love. Please introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for coming. And uh, I'm a Milan fan. Mm. Thank you for joining us, Anthony. The Milan fan. So let's just start. Uh, and can you tell us sort of your addiction and how you struggle with the club AC Milan and yourself <clears throat> been supporting the team for 15 years and um, the last few have been the, the hardest to take uh, it just feels like uh, Groundhog Day over and over and over again and it never seems to end Anthony what's happening with your coaches because every time I see the team it it seems like somebody else is going to be the savior behind the bench, and there just never is one. No, we've had nine managers in four years. 
How does that feel? Bad. Really bad. And it's, it feels like we're going to have another manager very soon. Is it going to be a, a club legend that is going to be ruined? I hope not. We've ruined enough of them. If it's Shevchenko, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't I don't want I don't want another legend to go the way of Inzaghi and Seedorf and Gattuso, the most recent one. I just I can't deal with that again. So do you, do you have a plan on how you're gonna help your addiction? There is no solution. I I, I just I don't know how, I don't know the way out. I don't know the way out. Can we look at the back line, Anthony? Because you guys have some wonderful Italian products still on the back line. Is there anything that gives you hope? back there especially with the goalkeeper also being Italian Donnarumma gives me hope gives me hope for the future and for the Italian national team as well but he can only do so much and we've seen already they've had their worst start to a season since the 1930s I just don't know what to say anymore does Donnarumma give you hope like Cutrone did I I, I can't talk about Cutrone right now Anthony I, I can say that I thought my problems were bad coming here and you've really helped me out and inspired me to keep going because when, when Cooley Bali scored on his own net, I thought I hit rock bottom, but I, I'm I'm so much happier being a Napoli fan than, than a, being a Milan fan. So keep going, buddy. I, I know this struggle is real. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's uh, our newest member to Calcio's Anonymous, Anthony. So, Anthony, thank you so much for, you know, just sharing all those thoughts with us. We're here for you. We support you with warmth and love in this entire ongoing season. So, thank you so much for sharing. You're so brave. Thanks for allowing me to talk. And next week, we have a new member joining us as well, guys. It's uh, Parma Chris. <laughs> I can't take another. Cross the street from your Thank you for tuning in, um, and I hope you enjoyed the new format and the new direction that the show is going in, whether it's the Cultural Anonymous segment that we do plan to bring out throughout the season, whether it's the 11 in 11, whatever it is. Thank you for joining. Thank you for tuning in. We do have episode two of our docuseries dropping in October. We're going to talk about the Derby della Modanina. We're going to get into some real real cool stuff and history behind it thanks to the crew because we have a full crew in-house today producer gizmo producer boz marco the intern principe sports caddy anthony lapopolo daniel donato grassi and i'm cuba this has been stereo city app we're out peace